everybody. Welcome back to the Interlude Podcast. On today's Teaching Tuesday episode, I'm going to be talking a lot about getting prepared for chemotherapy or any active cancer treatment. I'm your host, Dr. Eleanor Toplinski, and I am a board-certified medical oncologist specializing in the treatment of breast and gynecologic cancers. I started the Interlude podcast as a way to share the journeys and experiences of women who are going through cancer. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to the cancer journey, the treatment, and life after cancer. As a reminder, the information discussed on this podcast is not meant to serve as medical advice. Any specific medical questions should be directed to your healthcare team. Once someone is diagnosed with cancer, there are a lot of logistics that go into this. So it starts with needing additional tests, needing biopsies, having multiple consultations with different doctors, maybe second opinions. There's a whole list of things that need to happen. And that can be very, very stressful. It can be time-consuming. It can really take away from day-to-day life. After this diagnosis is made, for many patients, not all, but they will need chemotherapy. With chemotherapy comes a lot of planning and logistics. And if you're not prepared that can actually make the process even more hectic and stressful. What I wanted to talk about on today's episode was four things that you really need to think about and prepare before starting any treatment process or any active cancer treatment. Now, I think this goes for primarily more for chemotherapy, but could be relevant for other parts of cancer treatment. The first part is logistics. We'll talk about that. We'll then talk about things you need to be prepared for chemotherapy and then addressing your life both at work and at home. So let's start first with logistics. What do I mean by that? This really has to do with communication with your cancer center and your oncologist's office. Specifically, let's say you're starting chemotherapy on a Tuesday. You want to know, when do I need my blood work? Do I need to come in early to meet with anyone? When is my follow-up going to be? How long does the chemotherapy take? In our cancer center and a lot of other cancer centers, anyone starting a new treatment will have what's called a chemotherapy teaching session where they'll meet either with a nurse or a nurse practitioner to go over side effects one more time and to go over all the logistics to make sure that everything is in place. You know, if you need a port, is the port put in? Taking care of all of that ahead of time and knowing what that process is going to look like will make the day of treatment much calmer. If you know you're walking in, you've got a three-hour treatment, you know you're going to have blood work, you know you're going to be here for this period of time, you know who's going to drive you and pick you up, it really takes a lot of that anxiety and that fear of anticipation out of it. Sometimes you may have all of that information and sometimes you don't. And if you don't, it's okay to ask for it and to go over it several times if you need to. I do recommend 
having either a binder or a notebook or a planner somewhere where you're going to write it down. Remember, this is a really stressful process. And sometimes you may think you'll remember there's a lot of information, a lot of something thrown at you and you may forget. And so if you can write it down or if you have a partner or so, you know, someone who's helping you, they write it down. It's definitely not going to hurt, but I think keeping organized and knowing exactly what's going to happen is really helpful. Now, remember, sometimes you may only know, you may only have your appointments booked out for a week or two or three, and that's okay as long as you understand, all right, my treatment overall is six months. I only have the next month scheduled. That's fine. When we get to month two, I'll be given that information. So I think just having a clear plan is really helpful. Number two, being prepared. So what do I mean by that? If you know that your treatment may cause nausea or vomiting, you want to make sure that before you go home after your treatment that you have anti-nausea medications waiting for you if you need them. Similarly, you know, do you think you might need to take Tylenol or any pain medications? Do you think you may need to have something like a Gatorade at home in case you're not feeling great? What about the food you're going to eat? You know, if you feel nauseous, how are you, you know, you may not want to cook a meal at that point. So maybe having freezer meals prepped. But I, I think the point is just being prepared. And I think that that starts with, again, having the conversation with your oncology team about what are things you can do in advance to prepare. Sometimes there's really not much that you can do, but in some treatments where, you know, there are certain preparatory things that again will make your treatment less stressful, calmer. And as a result, I think some of the side effects may be better tolerated. For example, in some of our most common treatments for breast cancer, patients may develop mouth sores. So having, you know, what am I going to do if that happens? Do I need to rinse with a specific rinse or should I, you know, how often do I need to do that? Do I need to have a specific toothbrush? So as you're going over the side effects with your team, you know, you're kind of following that with, all right, well, how do I prevent this? If it's preventable and if it is, or if it's, I can minimize the side effects, you know, what, what do I need to have in order to be able to do that successfully? Because the worst thing is you don't want to be running out at two or three in the morning to the pharmacy to get something. You want to have it all prepared and all ready to go. And the big things that's really is managing, you know, things to help you manage the side effects as well as to optimize your nutrition and oral intake with hydration. The next two topics are very much interchangeable, and that's looking at what is life going to be at home and what is life going to be at work. Now, during COVID times, your life at home may be your life at work if you're working from home, but let's separate it out because we hope that we won't all be working from home forever. So life at home, what do I mean by that? If you have young children at home or older children, if you have been told that, you know, the day or two after is when you might feel a little bit more nauseous or a little bit more tired, what's your backup plan for childcare? This is really important because if you are tired, you need to rest. And, you know, we do recommend movement, but we also recommend resting your body and not overdoing it. And if you have young kids at home, sometimes that's really impossible to do. 
And so having that backup childcare is really important. Or maybe you don't have backup childcare, but you have a plan for dinner. So that's one less thing that you need to worry about. So I think this starts with anticipating when your symptoms are going to be more severe and trying to figure out potential hurdles or pitfalls. Now I will be honest and say sometimes it's not possible to do until you get the first cycle of chemotherapy. And so I actually recommend having a lot more help that first cycle and then you can always pull back on it if you don't need it. But having, having that help is, is really, really important so that you can really get a sense of what your side effects are and what you need. The first cycle of any treatment is kind of a trial run for your body. How are you gonna tolerate it? What side effects you're gonna have? How are you gonna react? And then you can pivot and make any necessary changes for cycle two. But again, more help in the beginning is better. Because the last thing you wanna do is be miserable and have all these responsibilities at home. Similarly, if you don't have kids or your kids are grown up or they're out of the house, there's still a lot that needs to get done. Cleaning, cooking, grocery shopping, errands. So figuring out what is critical, what can we, but the stuff that does need to get done, what if you can't do it? So who is going to do it? And a lot of times people will have someone in the house that can help them, but if you don't, you know, you may have friends or neighbors or coworkers, whoever, who's offering to help you. This is a really good time to ask for specific things. What do I mean by that? So for example, if you're getting chemo on Thursday and someone says, how can I help you? You may say, well, I'm getting my treatment on Thursday. I typically don't feel great on Saturday. Could you maybe bring over lunch or dinner? Could you do my grocery shopping for me? Could you drop this off as an errand? But I, I think giving, asking when people will say, what can they, what can I do to help you? Giving very tangible tasks is really, really important. Alternatively, sometimes people will send money or, you know, there's a lot of GoFundMe pages started and things like that. So you can use that to help you with maybe meal delivery or grocery shopping or you know, extra help inside the house. So I think it's really important, especially when you don't know what you're gonna feel or how you're going to feel is to outsource as much as possible. And, and the key is not to feel guilty about it, but the key is to say, I need this right now so that I can recover from this treatment so that I can get my next treatment so I can get, take, you know, treat this cancer. And the last part that goes along with it is, you know, what is life going to be like at work? This can be stressful. You know, I think people are better at asking for help at home than they are at work. You know, at work, sometimes you don't want to feel weak, seem weak, seem like you can't handle getting treatment and having a heavy workload. And, and, and it can be hard. But this is where I think having open and honest conversations whether with your boss, with your coworkers, with human resources is really important. And, and sometimes this doesn't happen until after you get your first cycle and you really see like what days you're able to get treated and, and what days you feel stronger and things like that. But I think being really honest first with yourself about what you're able to take on at work and handle and then with your boss and human resources is important. You don't want to set yourself up for unrealistic goals and expectations because, again, that can be really, really stressful on your mind and your body and make it hard to get through it. From 
is a different perspective too. You know, when we're, when everyone's kind of back in offices, when we think about cancer treatment, thinking about, you know, am I going to be immunosuppressed? What if I work with a lot of people? Do I need to wear a mask? Are there certain workplace limitations or changes that need to happen so that I can continue to work? And I think during COVID for people that have been going into work, this has been a huge deal because we really want people to socially distance, especially if they're getting chemotherapy and are immunosuppressed. And so figuring out ways that it's safe to do that, maybe you move into a different office, you know, maybe both, if you're sharing an office, then it's really important for both you and that person to wear a mask. But I think really, again, being upfront with what you need and asking for it can be very powerful. And now again, it's all about conversations and it's all about communication. And it starts with, you know, the first step I always say to patients when we're thinking about what day to start chemotherapy, it's, well, what is your, what does your life look like? Do you want to feel kind of the worst at, on a weekend or do you want to feel the worst on a weekday? And again, that depends. Are you working from home? What's your home life like? What's your office life like? So I think really being prepared and having those conversations can, can really make the chemotherapy treatment a little bit better. To sum up, the four things that we talked about to optimize your chemotherapy experience, one is knowing the logistics, two is being prepared with supplies, three is support at home, and four is support at work. I hope this was helpful. I hope that it gives you some tips about how to get set up to have a successful chemotherapy experience. If you found this episode helpful, I really recommend sharing it with someone who may benefit from it. And as always, if you can leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts, that means a lot to me. I read every single one and I am always grateful for if you take the time to do that. Have a good week. And I will be back later this week with a wonderful uh, podcast episode and a conversation about breast cancer. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.